This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome into the Sweaters Forever podcast brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant. The ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. Uh, I'm Shippy from the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Joined, as always, by my co-host of the Sweaters Forever podcast, Gavin Spittle, the Hockey Hawk, at GJ Spittle on Twitter. Gavin, how are you doing today? Man, I am doing great. Big concert alert coming up at Choctaw. Oh, what is that? Mike Fisher, former Nashville greats, wife, no. Carrie Underwood. Oh, my. What is this? March 14th. March 14th Saturday. at Choctaw. Yeah. I am going. And you know what? I hope that between now and then, Mike Fisher cheats on her just so that she'll be single again, and then maybe oh, I can man. shoot my shot up there at Choctaw. Man, and then I can hang out with Mike Fisher. Right, right. Man, I was always a huge Mike Fisher guy. I me know too. he plays for the Arch Enemy, yeah. but that to me, like Mike Fisher, Mike Fisher and Brendan Morrow to me are just like guys. They're like, yeah. you know, those and, guys like just get dirty in front of the net and everything like that. Yeah, they play a very, very similar style. So that's really cool. Make sure you go up to the Choctaw Casino and Resort and check out that concert. I've actually seen Carrie Underwood once before. And nice. She was actually really, really Oh, good. I bet. I bet I bet it's a I bet it's a great concert. And once again, if you haven't gone to Choctaw, uh, amazing facility. Uh smells amazing. The food's amazing. Um, you know, I mean I ate at the cafe and I was like, wow, this is amazing food. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I like had a like a first class meal in their cafe and it just I just love the vibe at Choctaw. It's just a great place and you know you drive up there and you can see the expansion going on. So yeah. Kudos to them as well for sponsoring uh, hockey right here in DFW. All right, now let's talk about the Dallas Stars here. They pick up a big two points against the Lightning on Monday in their return from the break after, you know, I'm sure Stars fans and Stars players alike were both looking forward to that next game because you obviously were left with a real sour taste in your mouth going into that as they lost 7-0 to the Minnesota Wild. But they get back on track and, you know, pick up a big two points against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, obviously, it went to overtime. Steven Stamkos had two goals in that game. And tore, down the down the stretch, he was able to, with their own goalie out of net, an empty net, um, they put uh, they tie the game up, go to overtime, where Jamie Benn takes over, uh, strips the puck, and then basically does the forehand move that he pulled on Vasilevsky earlier in the game. Yep. You know, which was the opposite. He did it on the backhand earlier, and uh, he put the game away for the Dallas Stars. What were your biggest takeaways from that game, from the Lightning in the first game back after the I break? tweeted after the game, I thought that was just such a gutsy win. 
Yeah. I mean, Tampa is on fire right now. I mean, good for Tampa. They picked up a point. Right. I mean, anytime you can pick up a point late in the game, you can't give Steven Stamkos three tries at the no. end of the game. No. You know, he's going to cash one of them in. And if and, you're Ben Bishop, you have to do a better job clearing the puck or just moving it to the yeah. side. So, you know, I mean, that's that's tough on Bishop because he really played well. And, and that was really, that's the only, the second time that he's faced Vasilevsky. Head really? on, yeah, really? you know, in a Stars uniform. So I think I he know. had a little extra meaning. So, you know, Rope Hints goes down in the first shift, yeah. and, you know, you're waiting for him to come back, and he doesn't come back. And then Cogliano goes down. So heading into the third period, you're basically down a line. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Stars did a really good job as far as double-shifting some players, resting some players, and, you know, getting out there. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a Bishop mistake toward the end of the game, but... Really, the Pavelski penalty. I mean, when you go shorthanded yeah. and you're down by two guys already, and one of them is your best penalty killer. Mm-hmm. So I think it was one of those situations where they were just exhausted. You could see Tampa coming. And in the overtime, honestly, I was happy with a point yeah. because of how Tampa had been playing. And, you know, I thought like the crispness of ta- Tampa, the goaltending of Vasilevsky, um, I thought they would, you know, they would beat the Stars. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. The calmness of Jamie Benn to pull off those moves. Yeah. I mean, you know. It takes a lot of poise. It does. It takes poise to be slow, you know, and methodical. Mm -hmm. And just the pull um, to go around the pad of Vasilevsky. It was special. And, you know, it's like vintage captain. And really for the last 20 games, we've seen a different Jamie Benn, a physical Jamie Benn. Um, you know, it's like he's evolved his game. And I really thought the game changed out of necessity because Hintz went down. Mm-hmm. But when they changed the lineups and they paired Gurionov with Sagan, I really thought that changed, you know, and kind of ignited the team and Gurionov got that first goal. Um, I, I just feel as though it was like, all right, we got one. And anytime you can get one, they tend to, you know, come along. So I just thought like of the games this year, to me, it was like a gut check win, whether or not they can pull it off again tonight against a uh, a really good Toronto team who's fighting for a playoff position in the East. I, you know, I don't know, but I I know this, you know, that showed me a lot about this Dallas Stars team. The, the key is, is can they be consistent? Yeah, and they've shown that before, that ability to fight back late in games or even win the game in overtime. I, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the Ben Bishop play where he... He tries to clear it out. It doesn't. I believe it goes right to Victor Hedman. Yeah. Did you think at any point? Because the first time I saw it, I was I was like, dang, like I can't believe he did that. It's not like Bishop to do that. Was there any part of you that thought maybe he was trying to score on that play? <laughs> I could tell you the crowd around me did. That's what I. <laughs> thought. They, yeah, they were when like, I saw go, a replay go, go. and I saw where yeah. Hedman was, yeah. and it looked like he was going straight down the middle of the yeah. ice. Yeah, that's a that's a great clear, unless you're playing Victor Hedman, mm-hmm. Tyler Myers. <laughs> Right. Or Zdeno Char. Well, it looked like he didn't get all of it either. No. It looked like he like like the the puck either went up on end on him or something, but he didn't get the height that he was expecting. You know, to because we talked about it before the break. That was about around the time Pecorine scored his yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, and Bishop came out and was super supportive of that. So I didn't know if maybe he was trying to add himself to that uh, that list of goaltenders with uh, goals this season. Yeah, and I'm always amazed. It's like. How do you leave Steve Steven Stamkos basically alone for three opportunities? Yeah. Like, 
And that's that's the problem when you're playing against Tampa because it's not then, ideal. Then you know you got Kucherov, you got Hedman. Yeah, I mean they're just stacked. Yeah, that team is lookout. I think that I think they have meaning, they have purpose. Um, I walked out of the arena like, wow, we got two points out of that. That's yeah. Im- that's impressive. Um, that we that we got two points out of that. Um, so I, I think it, I think it was a great win. I think it was a solid win. I still think they have some scoring issues that they oh, need to address. Yeah. I didn't realize they're 26th in the league yeah. in scoring. I think you got, you know, to me, we talked about it last week. I looked at the lines going into tonight, and they're still going to, you know, as of now, Penn, uh, Ben Sagan, Radulov. Um, if they start with that, I th- I think, especially with hints out, I think you're best to move Garyanov up to that top line. I agree. He's your playmaker. He's your fastest skater. He makes things happen. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand. You know, every chance he gets on the ice, he's doing something special. And I don't know if it's because he's young or he makes mistakes. But if I'm Rick Bonus, that's the guy that I'm featuring as yeah. much as possible and complimenting with Ben Sagan Radulov. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, I think Sagan and Gurianov can equal what Hints and Gurianov were doing on that second line. And I need to correct, uh, it, they're 28th in the league in goals. Wow. Yeah. 28th. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be tough going into the playoffs. That's going to, you're going to need to score some more goals. Now, how did that matchup against the Lightning and how they fought back, did it tilt your or shift your thoughts on the Dallas Stars and their potential to make a long playoff run or did it not shift it at all have you been believing in them in a long run because immediately after on NBC Sports they're talking about hey the St. Louis Blues need to watch out like if there's one team that can knock them out of the playoffs the Dallas Stars are that team I think they match up well against St. Louis my fear is is and I know people are going to say well wait a minute they're 4-0 against them this year I just don't want to play if I play the Avs in a, yeah. in a first round series I think that's trouble yeah. So, um, you know, that's going to be a struggle to me because I feel as though three out of the four games, Colorado controlled the play. And I think the Stars were fortunate to get points. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure about a deep playoff run. Um, I think they have to make some kind of, of change to try to get that scoring spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Joe Pavelski will be that answer. Uh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, and we got a we got a, a question about that in the mailbag yeah. for today, and I think we should just go ahead and address it now. You know, while you bring it up, and I, you know the way that we've been talking about it in the system and things like that. I think I, I wonder if the system is what's causing this goal scoring drought and this disappointment among Stars fans regarding Joe Pavelski. It's certainly a defensive system because it, the, the the disappointment across the whole roster is there pretty much. Yeah, and Pavelski taking two penalties during the game, you know, that's not good either. He's mm-hmm. not he's not a guy that's going to take a lot of penalties, but it's like okay, you're not scoring, and it just doesn't seem like it's clicking. Yeah, and, and that's tough to see. And I was pro Joe Pavelski. I know you were. I was pro too. Joe Pavelski. We all are. But when things like this don't happen, unfortunately, the onus is on Jim Nill. And yeah. right now, it looks like a bad deal. And I know you want to keep him on that on that second line. I really think Jason Dickinson had a great game the other night against Tampa. 
Uh, I thought he showed a lot of heart, yeah. a lot of guts. Um, I liked how he went into the corners. He was feisty. Um, you know, so I, I think Dickinson's probably earned some more playing time. Um, but I also don't think Jason Dickinson's one of those guys that's going to adopt that scoring. There's nothing on this team right now that tells me they can get out of this uh, bottom of the league uh, scoring as far as like, you know, I, I just don't see them all of a sudden it clicking. Right. And I've got bad news for you in terms of that based on a uh, Jim Nill interview that he did with Pierre Lebrun. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically, you know, we got a couple of different things we're going to hit with the Dallas Stars here. And I actually had this planned for later, but I think we should just go ahead and address this right now. And what Jim Nill told Pierre Lebrun. So, in, in, in the article, basically, it was brought up, you know, hey, look, the Stars would like to add some offense at the trade deadline, but with a weak trade crop, as we've talked about on this podcast, he's got to determine if the cost will be worth it. And this is what he had to say. He said, the biggest question is what's the price of the acquisition? There's a balancing act there. Draft picks are becoming more and more valuable in today's game. That's what we got to balance. There's a short-term risk-reward to that and long-term risk-reward that we always have to balance between the cap and the draft picks. And when we've talked about this before. We've talked about the draft picks being a big thing that would have to be a part of pretty much any of these trades that we've looked at. And it sounds like he's very wary of the increased value of the draft picks, as we've also addressed. And between that and the cap gymnastics that he would have to go through to make a deal happen, I personally, unless... You know, in the next two or three weeks, more teams emerge and decide to become sellers, you know, and we start looking at maybe better deals, better players with better contracts. Um, I don't feel like Jim Nill's talking in terms of, hey, expect for the Dallas Stars to make a move at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that. Uh, I will tell you, I understand that draft picks are unnecessary. That's your number one asset more than any other player mm-hmm. in the minors. More than any other player on your team, that first-round pick is extremely valuable uh, in today's NHL. The issue I have with what he said is the time is to win is now. I, Mm -hmm. as a fan and as a person who covers the Stars, I don't think the fans can go through a rebuilding stage. Right. I don't think this can continue. I believe it's two times in the last 11 years they've made the playoffs. So if they eke in this year and get bounced in the first round, I need a coaching change and I need player changes. Mm. And that's just the reality because we can't continue to go through this. I was, you know, and yes, I can't say it enough. The Stars won the game the other night. But watching the talent on Tampa compared to the talent in Dallas, there's just not a comparison. They just have far more talent. And that's what made the Stars' victory (laughs) that much better is mm-hmm. that I felt as though they beat one of the hottest teams in the NHL with better young talent. And I just don't see that talent coming up through the system. And the Athletic did a piece uh, where, and I think the stars were like mid-pack in the NHL, maybe 17th as far as like prospects in the system. And they said top prospects, yeah, they definitely have a few, but after that it just goes way down. Yeah. So that, there's there's... I have issues with that, Shippy. I really do. I mean, to me, it's like I think they have to take a win-now mentality. And and we do talk about the cap, but there are teams like Anaheim who will take some of your cap space for you to make moves, but it will come at a hefty cost. Right, right. And so 
after that, I guess Pierre Lebrun kind of followed up, and Jim Neal is talking about basically that the roster they currently have, there's still more to be given there. He said, I think there's more for high-end players to give there, and even our support players. I think there's more to give there, too. I think we, we can be a more determined team in the offensive zone, possession time, and all that. I think we can still be more of a possession team in the offensive zone, and I think that's where our game will change a little bit. That almost that's that's basically the St. Louis Blues recipe, but the Dallas Stars are not nearly as good at cycling and maintaining that offensive possession and and really leaning on their opponent and forcing them to take icing and forcing them, you know, just just the, they they just need to get the puck out because yeah. they've been in the zone for so long. That's great, and that's a great recipe. We saw it work with the St. Louis Blues last year, but until the team is able to to maintain that offensive possession, you're going to be, what, racing up and down the ice and trying to keep up with these teams that aren't maybe as offensive possession time-oriented, and now you're playing their game. And this is where the Dallas Stars have to lean on Anton Hudobin and Ben Bishop to try to steal those games. Yeah. Which is going to be an issue come playoff time. Defensively, you're fine. People have talked about picking up a defenseman at the trade deadline. I don't think it's necessary. No. It's, I, you know, I mean, it's forward. they got to yeah, go forward. they got to go forward. I think you're probably eight deep in the defenseman, and you you know, you know, have Hetherington and others down in Texas yeah. that can play on, you know, defensively as well. Yeah. Got to go forward. And I need a guy, you know, that can that can score on a consistent basis. I mean, the reality was is that guy, you know, was Zuccarello. Yeah. I mean, Zuccarello fit into this offense better than I've seen many players fit into a system, and he did it immediately. I know he went down with the injury, but when he came back. But he, uh, didn't he have three points before he yeah. got injured? He had yeah. a goal and two assists. He fit into that star system. Yeah. And... It's it's tough because you're like, okay, he ended up getting a five year deal. Yeah. At the time you look at it, you're like, wow. Well, we I, got we got Pavelski for three. We got Pavelski for three. It's a better deal. Right. You know, uh Zuccarello's a little bit less money, but basically the same. So uh it looked like a good deal at the time. But I don't see Joe Pavelski coming around. Mm-hmm. I I definitely don't see Matias Yanmark putting pucks in the net. <laughs> I mean, I to me that experiment's over. I think he's a good player. I think he hustles. Uh, I think he's great shorthanded. Um, I I love his game there, but he can't finish. And it's weird how he's lost that ability because that was, you know, after it was the Eric Cole trade. Yeah. And when he first got to Dallas, they're like, well, Matias Yanmark, you know, got him from Detroit. Uh, he's a pretty promising player, like you just said, hot hustler. You know, he's pretty fast. Um, but you know, maybe he's going to score a whole bunch. And it's, I felt like he got here and just started scoring like way more than we yeah. all anticipated. And maybe that was just kind of it, just a streaky couple of years or seasons for Matias Yamar because he's not getting those timely goals that he's gotten in the past. And maybe that's because he's been shifted further down. You know, in terms of what line he's on, he's just getting less ice time. But no, I totally agree that you know. With his contract expiring, I'd be surprised if they brought him back. Especially to at that next number. Season. Exactly. I mean, Unless you know, he's going to take a pay cut. 2.3 to 2.5, he's not worth that. that right. You can fill that with an 800000 to a $1 million player. Um, and that's why I think they need to separate some of the players. Because when I was watching that second power play unit the other night, and yeah, they had some injuries, but you know, you were throwing out there Corey Perry and Matias Yanmark on the power play. 
Yeah. Those are guys that are not going to fill it up. And I look at second units on other teams, and they tend to split up their stars so they could have equal scoring strength. And I just don't see it with the stars. So I don't know what Jim Nil can do. I think he'd have to give up a lot for a Blake Coleman or uh, a Toffoli and stuff. I know he doesn't want to mortgage the future, but I, I also think to myself, like if they don't make the playoffs or if they squeak in or if they're ousted in the first round, do we want Jim Nil to stick around? Do you? What about a name like Alex Galchenyuk from oh. the Pittsburgh Penguins? He's a 25-year-old. He's I, been playing super inconsistent. I mean, if you're telling me Alex Galchenyuk can come here, I would take that in a heartbeat. I totally agree. I love Alex Galchenyuk. I know he's streaky. And it looks like the Penguins are looking to move him because he's been so inconsistent with them. It's a fair contract. And if that's a, that's a contract that the stars might be able to match salaries yeah. and swap those players. Is it make about 4.5? What are we looking at for? I believe it was about 4.5. Um, let's see here. Salary. Yeah, he makes 4.9. 4.9. So that's a fair yeah. contract. And how many years does he have left? Uh, he signed a three-year deal. Let's see. In 19... Let me pull this up. Single-handedly beat the Stars in oh, Arizona Oh, this is his final. This is his final season. Okay, all right. So, so it's, it's an expiring. So it's an expiring contract for a 25-year-old that maybe if he plays well, you can sign at the end of the season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a great one. I, I, I you know, I'm in on that. I'm, I, I'm in on that, and you could probably get him for, you know, because of his inconsistent play, maybe a second or third. Right. You would. You you'd be able to sacrifice a lesser draft pick because it's not like he's lighting it up in Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. he's not he's not having the greatest season, but I mean, going back to his Montreal days, I love watching him play. Oh, hockey. I like to watch him in Arizona too. I thought I thought he was a a really really good player. So, um, yeah. that may be a guy that you know, the Dallas Stars can look at and I mean, it's not going to be the name like, you know, not a name. Yeah, so see he's got Five goals and 11 assists so far in 41 games. You've obviously, you're going to want more than that when he comes here, but sometimes, you know, just certain places aren't the right fit for certain players. And like you said, in Arizona, he single-handedly, you know, beat the Stars. Yeah. So And if Pavelski's not cutting it, I mean, I could see them put, you know, Galchenyak with Hintz and Gurianov. Yeah. And okay, now, now we're talking. That's a good, young, fast line. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I'm definitely, I think stars fans need to look at expiring contracts and, uh, I always tell people you have to think like in this case, if you're Jim Rutherford, mm-hmm. you've teams have tendency to trade with teams that they know and right. have made deals with right stars and pens are linked up. Yep. And therefore you say to yourself, okay. If you're Jim Rutherford, don't think of it from the star's point of view. Think of it from the pen's point of view. If you're Jim Rutherford, what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, is it draft picks so you can stockpile? Is that enough to get an expiring contract? And are you hurting your team because they're one of the better teams in the NHL? Right. Right. So I'm trying to think, I guess, of a left winger that that they they might take for, I mean, Crap, maybe they would take a Yanmark for to play on their fourth line. Another expiring contract. Um, and then the salary, because I'm not sure their salary cap situation. If they Yeah, got well, don't space. forget about the Martin Hansel situation, too. 
which I still need to get clarification whether or not that long-term injury salary has been used or not, that that would open up a few million dollars. That's true. So I, I definitely think, you know, they do have a little wiggle room, but they don't have a lot of wiggle room. But I definitely think, I don't know how he can look at this squad and say, well, if this happens and this happens. Right. I mean, you know every game, like three goals is the max that they're putting in, you know? Yeah. And if, if they score four, then it's like, wow, Toronto's a good example tonight. You can shut down Tampa and Toronto. I mean, they shut down Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tampa scoring two goals, I think in the previous 15, they were averaging about four goals a game. So you cut you know, the production in half. Cutting production in half. And now you have a, you know, a team that you can score against. Mm-hmm. However, very good goaltender in Frederick Anderson, if he's in the pipes tonight. And, uh, you know, really nice, I would say, two to three line scoring in, yeah. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, if you can do it again against Toronto where you cut it down, but at some point you have to outscore your competition. Right. And, like, the one thing I'll say, you know, because we've been kind of down on this system for the majority of this podcast so far, but one thing I will say is that whenever the playoffs roll around, we've seen what those offenses do when the playoffs come around and Lindy Ruff system, and you're used to scoring four or five goals, and the ice shrinks, and there's more penalties that don't get called, and things like that. This is a style that, come playoff time, will travel well on the road. It will. You know, it'll travel well on the road. You can, you know, goalies steal games all the time, and, and you know, playing that more defensive system, you know, could be a positive going into the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. Definitely rink shrinks. Mm-hmm. And there's far more physical play. And yeah, so I think that would benefit. Um, but I think, you know, that when the physical play goes up, I think that's when you look at teams like St. Louis, Vegas, if they creep in, mm-hmm. you know, the bigger teams that can kind of push you around. And I'm not saying the Stars are a light team. And maybe that's when we see the best of Corey Perry. Maybe that's when we see Joe Pavelski and his playoff experience, right? You know, explode. Um, but right now, it's it's tough to talk about because they had such a good win the other night, right? And they're still third in the Central, and they are right behind Colorado for second. Um, so they're playing good hockey. Uh, can't say enough about Ben Bishop and Hudobin how they're playing. I mean, to me, that's the MVPs of the season. What they've done. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Let's see here. I want to talk about the the Maple Leafs matchup tonight just a little bit more in just terms of the excitement that Toronto is in Dallas. And, um, you know, we're talking before the podcast. It's a 630 star. You're going to have some work to do. So you sold your tickets. But what should the Stars fan, like, expect to see at the American Airlines Center um, in terms of how many Maple Leafs fans there will be, how loud there you know there'll be, and all that, because I've actually never gotten to see the Maple Leafs uh, when they've come here. So, if there is a team in hockey that is your Manchester United or your Dallas Cowboys or your your team that everyone wants to see, it's probably the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. uh, original six team. Now, kind of interesting about tonight is is that they're facing the Maple Leafs wearing. Their winter classic sweaters. I love that. Uh, I do as well. Now, the other aspect of the winter classic uh, sweaters is the fact that 
I'm going to show you this. I believe it was oh. in 1917, the Toronto St. Pat's. I've, yes. Before they became, uh, they're 1919. Yes. So before they became the Toronto Maple Leafs, they were the Toronto St. Pat's. It is eerily similar. Very similar. Very similar to what the Maple Leafs wore to honor the St. Pat's a few years ago. And so what's so funny that you bring that up is me and my buddies will play NHL on PlayStation a whole lot against each other. And, when you when you play somebody, you want to have the dopest jerseys that they've ever had. So you you know you spend at least five minutes scrolling through all of them, and that's the one that I've always picked whenever I've gotten the uh, the Maple Leafs on uh, you know on a random. Yeah. So I'm I did not even consider that. I thought I had seen that that I guess that style before in some way, and I my first thought was to go to the Minnesota North Stars, you know, just because the shade of green, but. Really, other than that, it's not really that similar. But that's very, very similar in terms of where the green is, where the white is. Did they have uh, like the beige, uh, the pants too? Or I don't think they had the beige pants when they wore them for their classic, or when they wore them a couple times during the year. You know, I I'm trying to think what what color pants they had. Um, But getting back to your question, as far as what to expect in the building, it's going to be loud. And I don't want to say it's going to be pro-Toronto, but they will erupt when they score. Oh, yeah. They're only here once a year, so it's a ticket for all fans of Canada to... Their pants were green. Pants were green, okay. To descend upon the AAC. And then these other ones, they were brown. Like, not beige. I think they were brown. So. So I had a listener of the Sweaters Forever podcast tweet me today and asking for advice. Unfortunately... Uh, one of their in-laws is in the hospital in Oklahoma City and oh, saying, no. I need to get rid of my tickets. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I have two tickets. It was my first Stars game to go to tonight. Oh, dang. So I said, put them up online. Get more than the value mm-hmm. because people will pick them up. Yeah. Or give them at a reasonable price and they'll be gone. And then go by for Tuesday, February 11th against the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm working on getting tickets for that game right now. It's a Tuesday night. It won't be like a must go. You'll get very reasonable tickets. So, you know, um, but watch the game and enjoy it tonight. There's nothing like Selena Ray singing the Canadian National Anthem. You know, to me, that's worth it to get to the game early, to hear that Canadian National Anthem. Um, it's special. And the players from Toronto know it's special too. I mean, that's playing for the New York Yankees. There's a, there's a, just a level of expectation that when you play for Toronto, uh, you know, it's just the media surrounds you. I mean, the, yeah. the media that travels with them, it's just, it's totally different. Now, what I'm a little concerned about tonight is similar to the winter classic, the Stars have a tendency to get into penalty trouble. Yes. There are a bunch of Stars that hail from the Toronto area. You think they're going to throw the game? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Although Jason Dickinson did say <laughs> that, like, Jason Dickinson's idol growing up is Jason Spezza. Oh, so he really? had Jason Spezza posters and everything like that. So I'm sure since they were teammates and apparently Spezza took him under his wing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Dickinson will not, you know, throw a heavy check tonight if he if he sees Spezza. And Spezza's having a decent year for Toronto. So real quick on that note, they asked Roman Polak the same thing, who used to play with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And his response, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said basically, 
Oh, yeah, well, there's no friends when I get on the ice. I'm going to hit them all the same. Nice. <laughs> so, Roman Polak, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's thankful for his time in Toronto, but as soon as they hit the ice, he's like, uh-uh, I don't care who you yeah. are, I'm hitting you. So, two stars, not to get off track, two stars I love watching for facial expressions during a game yeah. that I really feel are enjoying like their job. Yeah. Roman Polak and Anton Hudobin. Yes. I mean, Roman Polak just laughs, smiles. Just like gets into these deep conversations with linesmen and referees. Yeah. I mean, he just seems like he's enjoying, like he knows this is towards the end of his career. Right. He appreciates the playing time he's getting. Uh, you know, I mean, he's obviously been great for the Dallas Stars. It's a great contract to have, but it's just so I'm sure, you know, all the players will be amped up tonight. I mean, when you play the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's similar to playing the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You're going to be amped up. And that's what I'm concerned about is, early penalties because, you know, don't give Austin Matthews, John Tavares, players like that, don't give them, um, if they're in the lineup, extra power play minutes. Right. So those are the things I'm concerned about. All right. Well, uh, you want to go ahead and hit some of these mailbag questions yeah. that we got? Let's, uh, let's do it, man. I've got uh, in my likes here, I've got some of these questions. We will start... With let's go with Jeffrey Kohler Fink at Laces Out Finkel. Yeah, he said, "Let's get personal. What is your Dallas Stars fandom story?" Bonus: If you could insert one star from the original roster from ninety three ninety four into the lineup, who would it be? What line and why? So, fandom story. I'm assuming maybe it's our like where we show the most fandom or how we got into the Dallas how Stars. How you got into the Dallas Stars, I bet. So I'll start with that and how I got into the Dallas Stars. Basically, uh, growing up, when I was like four or five years old, my grandma, I call her Nana, uh, she was the biggest Dallas Stars fan. And she started getting me into hockey at a very, very young age. And so it got to the point where any time that the Dallas Stars were on and I was over at her house, I would literally sit in her lap and just hang out and watch the Dallas Stars. And then she would take me, you know, we'd go to Chile sometimes and, you know, run and watch a Dallas Stars game there. And it just kind of became our thing. And I was always hanging out with Nana. Uh, And so anytime the Dallas Stars were on, you know, we got super excited. She's the one who taught me. uh, She loved to call the penalty box the sin bin. (laughs) So that's where I learned that. A lot of my, like, a lot of my, uh, you know, hockey knowledge is based from watching Dallas Stars hockey with my Nana growing up. And, uh, yeah, so it's always, like, a really cool thing to me whenever somebody asks me, hey, how'd you get into hockey? Or what What made you like it? Because, obviously, in this area, it's pretty, it's pretty uncommon for somebody to be that well-versed from a young age. And so I tell them, hey, I, you know, I've got my Nana to thank for, for making me watch Dallas Stars hockey all the time, and I ended up falling in love with it. I love the fights. You know, I hated the Detroit Red Wings when I was a kid. I love Mike Madano. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got into Dallas Stars hockey. And what team would you take? Oh, I mean, sorry, what player line? from the 93-94 team? Let me see. Would that be Neil Broughton? Neil Broughton's a great choice. I want to take Neil Broughton. Okay. Neil Broughton, arguably, I mean, he's Minnesota's favorite hockey player. Yes. Star of the 1980 Olympic hockey team that nobody talks about. And that's why I took him, too, is just to troll those Minnesota Wild fans. Yep. You know, yep. I already got the Nashville Predators fans a couple weeks in a row, so I'll take some shots at the Minnesota Wild, and I'll take their guy, Neil Broughton. Okay. I'll throw him on that top line. You have to. All right, all right. We need some right. scoring. Okay. So I'm going to take number nine. I'm going to take Madonna. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's so, your favorite player? 
Okay. Um, what's your uh, what's your fandom? Okay. Like, how did it start? <laughs> I moved to town. Uh huh. I was a hockey guy, liked hockey. Um, a sales manager at the radio station said, uh, "Hey, you uh, follow hockey?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." I was like, "Yeah, I like hockey." Uh-huh. And he picks up the phone and calls the stars, and he says, "Hey, we got a hot shot new program director in town." <laughs> <laughs> this is in 2003. All right. We have a hotshot new program director in town, and he wants to buy stand, uh, season tickets. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, like, <laughs> Wait, what? I, he's like, yeah. And he's like, he's giving me like the, you know, the, the no, hand. Stop. I know what you yeah, want. I, I know, I know what, you what you want. want. Don't yeah. worry. This is like my second day on the job. Uh-huh. And he says, but, you know, he wants to check out the arena. He's an original six kid from Boston. He wants to check out the arena first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is he talking about? And he's like, okay, okay, yep. All right. I got you two tickets for the game tomorrow night against the Flames. Hey, there you go. So I didn't know anybody in town. So I went to the game by myself, mm-hmm. didn't know how to get to the AAC. Turns out I was staying across the street on Harry Hines. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 which is another story in itself. Yeah, well, I want to hear about this story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an introduction to Dallas. <laughs> hey, we're going to put you on Harry Hines oh, Boulevard. All right. And you're like, oh, so, sounds sweet. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Who's this Harry Hines? <laughs> yeah. Must be a nice chap. <laughs> oh, look at all these people walking up and down yeah, the street. Right. Wow, she should be wearing more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The nightlife in Dallas going well. So I go to the game, and then I say, hey, I'm a single guy. You know what? I you know what? I'll probably, I will. And so I bought like 15 to 20 games and originally sat in 104 and, uh, then finally worked my way up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, so, so from that moment on, you've had season tickets with the stars. Yeah. I've had season tickets since 2003. Wow. So that's, and I remember you now referencing that. Like I've been a season ticket holder since 2003. Yeah. But I never knew that story behind that. That's awesome. Yeah. That, yeah. It's just a, and it was a like against your story. will kind of too. It was like, Hey, don't, and you were like, no, no, I don't know if I want to do this. And now look at you. Now yeah. look at you 17 later, yeah. 17 years later. Yeah. I mean, definitely still, it's not working out in the dating game, but yeah. <laughs> the rest hey, of it, <laughs> that's a great, that's a, that's great, a great thing day. to have it's a, it's though. Great like, hey, you want to go to the stars game? So, so I met a girl one time flying. And I always find as though, you know what? I have you up against the window for three hours. I'm going to make my moves. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Yeah, you can't go anywhere. The, the seatbelt yeah. off sign is on. Yeah, you have to talk to me. <laughs> so uh, she was from Dallas, and I asked her, I was like, hey, you want to go to the game with me? And she goes, yeah, that would be great. So we exchanged numbers, go to the game. I couldn't pay attention at all to the game. Um, we just did not get along. Oh, no. It was brutal. See, that's the... Uh... It was brutal. But then I've taken some people that, like, name the original six. And I'm right. like, that's impressive. Yeah. You know, I mean, taking, like, people to hockey games, whether they're male, female, child, adult, grandparent, you know, to me, it's like no other experience because when you're there, you can explain the game much better. They can see the puck. And uh, there was a person on Twitter that reached out to me the other day and they said, hey, I've never, uh, I'm trying to understand the great game of hockey and I'm a Tolo. I was like, no problem. Let's meet up at a bar. Yeah. And he's like, oh, one problem. I live in the, I live in the Chicago area. And I was like, all right. I followed him on Twitter and I said, reach out to me. We'll set up a time. And we'll we'll call and we'll talk it out. Oh, you nice. Know? So, yeah, I'm trying to spread the love of the great game of hockey. But that's the random story of how I became a <laughs> a passionate 
Dallas Stars fan. Now, real quick before we hit this next question, yeah. I want to know, like, what was so bad about this d- girl from the airplane? <laughs> like, did she just talk all the time? Or, like, what was, did she just, like, okay. just wasn't fun to be you around? Know, it was probably me, too. It was probably me. It just wasn't a good combination. So that year, I think that, yeah, the All-Star game was in Minnesota. This is really random. The All-Star <laughs> game's in Minnesota. So that was the year that they had those dark forest green sweaters for All-Star that said Western oh, going yeah. down. And I'm like, man, that's a nice looking sweater. So I told her, I was like, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And I purchased that sweater. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I was wearing it. And when I got home, I realized it looked like it was about three sizes too big on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just swam in it. So that was probably problem number one. That's probably why. But you know what? I couldn't pay attention to the game for some reason. She wasn't having fun. She was looking down at her phone. And that's the it's, worst. Yeah, it is. It that's is. the worst when you're like, because all you want is for them to have fun. But when you look over and they're clearly not into it and they can't even act like they're into it, you just spend the whole time like, all right, what do I do? What do I do? What do I talk about? What do I talk about? What should I talk about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's go to go buy this sweater. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, so, it was yeah, just like an awkward conversation. It's totally my fault. You I mean, know? it's, I mean, it's it, one it, of the risks that you take if you just... <laughs> You're going to yeah. take a girl from, like, taking an airplane, you know, riding an airplane <laughs> together, you know? It's like if I go out with a girl on Tinder, you know? I don't know if they're going to be awesome or not when I meet up with them. Chances yeah. are they're probably not. Yeah. You know? like Yeah. The other random, so back at the old 105.3, I took a date to the game. Mm-hmm. And the stars had asked me, like, hey, we're doing this promotion and what we'd like. And so the promotion was on the air that listeners get to shoot against me. And I was a goalie. So I dressed up in full goalie gear. And in between periods, they put me between the pipes. And, you know, these listeners are shooting. I couldn't see. Like, I couldn't see through the mask. (laughs) I couldn't see. And a a woman, you know, gets she scores on me and the crowd's cheering and everything. And it's like, thank you so much for coming out. Oh, we, we have a special guest to shoot on Gavin. And they brought out a guy that had played in the minors. Oh, no. I didn't see the first puck go by me. I heard it. And it hit the back. And my eyes were so (laughs) wide as this guy is circling pucks, waiting to shoot. There's like 10 of them. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing that half slap, half wrist shot. Oh, my gosh. So, second one. Never saw it. Third one coming right at me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to save this one. (laughs) It hits me in the arm, Shippy. I fall back into the net. (laughs) So I fall back into the net. And you know intermissions clear up. People are in the Jack Daniels club. People are in Platinum Club. (laughs) But the one thing I remember... Is a oh from the crowd from those people still sitting there. So I'm on a date. You didn't hear the pug, but you heard no, no, no. So I take off my pads because my arm is numb. Oh my god! Now I'm fully padded. I take it off, and I have a huge welt on my arm. Oh my gosh! From that because I'm not used to it, and I have greater appreciation for Marty Turco, Ben Bishop, Anton Hudobin. Were there like? 
there's like pads that you were wearing on your forearm, yeah, right? Yeah. So through that, it yeah. bruised you like that. Yeah, it like caught me right above, like where the, the elbow, right where they kind of meet. Yeah, it was like I, I tried to save it, and yeah. I went like that. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Oh my gosh! So I sit back down into my seats, and there's just silence. And she said, "So how do you think that went?" <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty great line yeah though. yeah no it was. that's a pretty it was, great it was, line. it was uh yeah how do you think it went so that's insane that they just brought out a guy who played in the minors to i know it was like hey let's play a joke and it's like yeah not funny yeah right <laughs> yeah not, not you guys you pay for all this ice it's on my oh arm. my gosh now i get to i got to keep the sweater that's good so I have a Marty Turco 35 that says spittle on the back of it. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. But once again, it's three times the size of me. Right. You right. know, that's what happens when you wear pads. So right. it never comes out of my closet. But those are my, <laughs> I have two sweaters in my that's closet. That's amazing. That never come out for those reasons. But great stories. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I made the joke earlier on Twitter, you know, as we were getting ready for this podcast. Hey, Sent out a tweet, and, and this morning you broke the news to me that I'm the last remaining single guy yeah. on our entire staff. Yeah. And so I brought it up to you, and, and I put a tweet out that was like, hey, if you have any love or hockey questions, and look at us here. We're talking kind of about blind dates off of right. airplanes and then other dates. So if you're looking for something this Valentine's Day, <laughs> if you can't make it up to the Choctaw Casino and Resort, <laughs> take your ass to the Dallas Stars right. game. And your date is going to love it. Yeah. And even if you get put between the pipes and you end up having a minor league hockey player nearly taking your arm off, you're hey, still going to have a good time. You know what? You might make a friendship love connection. Like right. When I took Shippy to the game, yes. that was the first time you had met Derek Holland. Yes. And that's, I ended up going and hanging out with Derek. Yeah. I came back because I came back and was like, uh, Gavin, uh, Derek Holland wants me to come hang out with him yeah. after the game. Not me, you. Is not it me? <laughs> is it cool? And like I remember because I went because you brought that up to me. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, not me. I was like, hold on, let me text him real quick. Like, <laughs> hey, does you want Gavin to come? And you're like, no, 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 I'm going uh, home. I'm, no, I'm no good. one hangs with the boss, man. <laughs> <laughs> was, so yeah, and then end up being his roommate. We yeah. went out that night, had a great time. Yeah. So yeah, Dallas Stars games are where it's at. Like, yeah, there's. If you want to make friends? If you want to find. Dates or maybe <laughs> maybe marry somebody. I don't know. You know, Hagee got married today. I'm sure not married. He got engaged yesterday. Yeah, he, he did. I'm sure he went to some hockey games with his, oh, Hagee his goes girlfriend. All the time. Yeah, so. absolutely. So yeah, that's uh funny. We kind of we kind of got off on a tangent. Yeah, but, we you did. know, I mean that's a, and I'm sure that's worth it though. Uh, yeah, I'm sure our listeners have some great stories about uh you know some stars games and you know I see them posting uh. God, I wish I could think of his name, but there's an amazing Tolo that lost his father earlier this year. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. And uh, uh, Wayne, yeah, Lesure, yeah, right? yeah. Wayne passed away. His son. Oh, as uh, it Matt, I believe Matt. Yes, yeah. And that's an amazing story of a father son connection. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get to know him because they were two of the guys that came down in between periods. Oh, really? And, like, I remember his dad was so cool yeah. that I actually said, like, oh, how'd you guys meet? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, well, he's my dad. And I was uh -huh. like, whoa. Yeah. You have the coolest dad ever. Yeah. You know? So it's like, then I hear those stories, and it's just, it, it's such a it's such a great game. Yeah. And, you know, the excitement. I mean, you, you know, if you've never been to a hockey game, you know, you're going to have a good time because of all the energy, all the action. You're not going to get bored. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just cool hearing those stories. Yeah. No, I see a lot of his stuff on Facebook. I actually haven't had the opportunity to meet them, uh, you know, to meet Matt or, you know, and so, 
But I, it always it's always really cool to see him, you know, posting about all the times that he and his dad shared at yeah, Dallas Stars games. Because I like I just got done talking about me and my nana. That's something that we've bonded over. So that's really really cool stuff. Um, let's go on to this next question, and then we'll go ahead and hit the hockey hawks top five NHL power rankings. Yep. Unless you have another question that I'm missing here. Uh, but Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom, our guy. Yeah, he's our guy. He said, who has the best passing eye on this squad? And do you think Bishop's first half of this season is worthy of the Vesna? Uh, I would say the best passing ability, if he's playing at a high level for me, is Rope Hintz. Okay. Uh, I don't think we've seen enough of it. I think Haskinen is going to be an elite passer in this league. That's who I was going to go with, was Haskinen as my, who has the best passing eye. Somebody who has got an underrated passing eye on this team is Ben Bishop. Yeah, Ben Bishop, and I would also add Jamie Ben, uh, yes. I think is a good passer at times. So I think they definitely, I think they pass too much sometimes, but yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah I think they I think they have some, you know, good uh, good connections as far as that. Uh, so I would say those are our uh, those are our list. And what do you uh, think about the first half, Ben Bishop being Vesna worth? Okay, so I definitely think he'll be a Vesna finalist if this continues, mm-hmm. um, just because of the amount of games that he's playing. So Bishop right now, tonight, is entering his 34th game. And as of right now, uh, he's fourth in save percentage, fifth in goals against. Mm. There are two guys to look at that have played 25 games, so less games than Bishop, but they're ahead in both categories. And two names that don't really stand out as far as best goaltenders in the league. Darcy Kemper of Arizona and uh, Tristan Jerry of Pittsburgh. So hmm. Tristan's a good, a great story. He's young uh, and, once again, one of those Jim Rutherford guys. I always say, wow, how can Jim Rutherford trade a goalie prospect in the Penn system because there are two others on their way. Mm-hmm. So Tristan Jerry is a guy to, uh, to look up for. Um, now, Darcy Kemper has always been a netminder, even back when he was a Blackhawk or he was a back a backup with the Blackhawks. Correct with Corey Crawford, he was all uh, he might have been. He was a backup for in Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. okay. Because yeah. I couldn't remember. I always get those two mixed up. But um, he was always a guy that I thought. I always thought, man, if this guy got more opportunities to play, I really think that he would excel as a starting NHL goaltender. Yeah. The other one to keep in mind that I had in my top five because he's playing so well as far as uh, power rankings, Ilya Samsonov of the Washington Capitals, backup goalie for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's 22 years old. 15-2, and two, 2.06 goals against with a 9.27 save percentage. I wonder if the Capitals are going to do that thing where they sit Holtby to start the playoffs and then the kid falters and they bring Holtby back in and then win the cup and Ovechkin goes on another crazy party <laughs> run. I mean, I mean, you got you to wonder. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder with those stats, do you start playing them more in the second half? Although, I think you have to. Yeah, they're, they're so hot right now. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. Definitely want to throw out uh, ba- our bang guy, Nick Morocco. Yes. Wanted us to throw out a bang. Bang. So uh, I always like to me, like when people are like, who's that bang guy? And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let let Nick be Nick, man. Right. We need more Nicks in the audience, if, I, if I'm being candid. Yeah. We need more loud. We need to create this barn that's crazy. I always liked when he banged on the glass. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I thought that was just part of hockey. But I thought so, too. I thought that was like a perk of sitting on the glass, is that you got to bang the the glass whenever people got close. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We do want to thank uh, Scott 
Um, he he's the one that asked the Pavelski yes. uh, question. Are they warranted complaints? I think his Twitter account was at Dak Jamie four one four. Yeah, yeah, creative. I so. guess he's a big Dak Prescott and uh, yeah. Jamie Ben uh, fan. Uh, we answered Fink's question. Uh, so uh, Angel Aguirre asked, "Don't know much about hockey. How's our goal situation this year compared to 2015 and last year?" Um, Goal, meaning goalie, very good goal as far as goal scorers, not so good. Yeah, and that's I, I responded, and then she said defense, question oh. mark. So I didn't really understand that part, but yeah, the goal scoring is an issue. The goal tending, you've probably got, you have the best duo in the NHL. You know, yeah. both of them are playing. And I've seen a lot of people clamoring lately for Hudobin to actually start starting more over Bishop. And I think it goes back to what we've talked about on this podcast a million times is Bishop makes it look so easy sometimes, and then some of the goals, it just looks like he just let a soft one in, and then Anton Hudobin's back there just doing gymnastics stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I don't. I think, I think they're they're playing them the right amount of time, and I think you got to go with Bishop through this uh, stretch. Now, David Wood does point out, and David's a, a great Stars fan. I see him at Stars games a lot. He asked me and you our, our thoughts on... There's a there's a Twitter thread today mm-hmm. if you want to check it out at Micah Blake McCurdy. It's called at ineffective math. I saw okay, I saw the beginning of this thread. I just didn't have a time my uh, enough time to make it all the way through it. Micah is not a fan of Rick Bonus. Okay. And goes through a lot, basically uh talks about him replacing uh Jim Montgomery. He says he sees a lot of crankiness about Bonus's decision. Um, so he wanted to look into it. Yeah. He posts analytics. Um, and he says the moment bonus took over the star shot rates, took a hideous dive, especially the offense that's suspicious, but also faster than I'd usually expect a coach, uh, to set in any systems. Things would take at least a couple of weeks. Um, also the recent run of fan yelling coincides with a nasty shooting slump, uncharacteristic stretch of goaltending from their best in the league tandem. Um, a little more concrete way to look at coaching mentality is to look at who gets ice time. It's easily the most important lever a coach has to influence the game for forwards. Not much change. Definitely a minimization of Rope hints in favor of Yanmark, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, he says defense is most unchanged, though some of Miro's shifts have been given to Esselin Dell. Um, still not enough of John's. Um, and then he says... Most interesting is to get stuck into which minutes players get. If you have an in-game expected points model, you can look at who gets high leverage offensive, got to score, and defensive, got to keep them from scoring minutes. So leverage deployment under Montgomery, Radulov minutes jump when the Stars need a goal, while Polak's drop. And Micah points out those are wise choices. Lindell, Sekera, and Yanmark protect leads. Dowling and Fadoon are untrusted. Gurionov, middle of the pack. Under bonus, Radulov is still out there chasing but defends less. Foxa suddenly shoulders defensive chores along with Cogliano. Gurionov and Hintz are sharply marginalized, especially Hintz. Haskinen also plays on average less important minutes than he used to. Hmm. So they're using, he's using Haskinen way less. Yeah. So Micah concludes hmm. from these analytics um, the coach won't play the kids in the minutes that matter. 
That wouldn't be such a bad mistake if it weren't for the fact that most of the Stars' talent is concentrated in their young players, yeah. even more than most NHL teams. So I that thought would it was be a problem. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a thought starter at least. Yeah. So thanks to David Wood for pointing that out. to Yeah, us. and that's, I mean, that's obvi- that's obviously super concerning. We, we at the very beginning of this podcast, we talked about how the youth of this team is what, like, kind of needs to 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 help lead this team, especially offensively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to monitor that um, against Buffalo a few weeks ago. I was disappointed that they put Gurionov on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand it. It seems like they just have this weird thing with Gurionov. They in do. Terms of it's, like, it's almost like they're trying to teach him a lesson, right? And that, like they don't teach any of these veterans or anybody else these same lessons. I mean, other than Montgomery benching Alexander Radulov early in the season, I don't really. Recall too many. I mean, they moved they moved Jamie Ben down to the fourth line. Yeah, uh, but I think that was still Montgomery at the time, right? It was Montgomery at the time. Yeah. So I don't understand. I guess maybe I mean, and there have been other different managers or coaches in uh, the DFW area and, and really all across the country who have that mantra of, "Hey, we you know they're kids, they're kids. They need to grow into rather yeah. than hey, let them play these minutes, let them learn during the regular season." Right. For the longest time, Rick Carlisle, the Ma- the Mavericks head coach, you know, would get criticized for not playing these young guys and uh, tending to just lean on that those veterans to try to get it to get the job done when it matters most. So yeah, yeah we're gonna have to monitor that because that I mean that would definitely be really disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I want those guys out there when it yeah, matters most. Yeah, I, I so. do too. I do too. All right, let's move on now to the uh, the Hockey Hawks top five NHL power rankings. I'm going with NBC Sports this week. Okay, and so basically they've got them listed as the top five contenders. So you typically do yours in terms, and they should match up. I'm assuming, but um, he, they're doing the top five Stanley Cup contenders. So, and you kind of you kind of power rank yours based on who's playing. The best at this moment. Up to the minute, Up including the last minute. night. Including last night. So, I'll go ahead and let you start, um, Gavin, with uh, number one on your list this so week. So, I have the St. Louis Blues. Uh, okay. Watched the game last night against Calgary. They did not play their best hockey. Uh, in Calgary, Calgary's been playing well. They were on top of the Pacific for a while. They're definitely a, you know, going to be uh, top three in the Pacific right now. And uh, they eked out an overtime win. And Ryan O'Reilly, um, you know, won it in the uh, shootout. And that's just the St. Louis Blues. They're a veteran team. So I also wanted to look at the stats and say, wow, without Tarasenko, what's going on? One of the best values in the NHL right now is David Perron. It's his third stint with the St. Louis Blues, which is amazing to think that a player would be on the same team Three separate occasions. Jamie Alexiak could make Jamie, it happen. Yeah, I know. That's true. That's true. So, Shippy, mm-hmm. he makes $4 million a year, 51 games this season, 52 points, including 22 goals. That's how they're filling that void. Wow. $4 million a year. And then Tarasenko comes back and he moves down a line. <laughs> that's and, a, and I'm like, what? You no, know, that's really interesting because you would think, wow, Tarasenko's coming back. Or do you put Tarasenko down and, you know, now you've got to worry about Tarasenko on a second line. Or Sometimes it upsets Whew. the team chemistry as well. Yeah, true. So as Stars fans, we need to hope for that. Yeah, so that, I have the, I have St. Louis as number one. And, until someone can tell me that they're slowing down or and they're, they're in a massive slump, 
Uh, you know, I say it's the St. Louis Blues. All right, so NBC Sports has the Washington Capitals at number one, and they're kind of, you know, like I said, they're power-ranking the contenders. Basically, they said Alex Ovechkin and company are in position to win another President's Trophy and have all the ingredients to win another Stanley Cup. I have the Washington Capitals at number two. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, Ilya Samsonov, the backup goalie, playing lights out for the Caps. Um, we talk about John Carlson, yeah. 60 points now in 50 games. Golly. That's amazing. That's insane. That's, that's Norris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is Norris. He should just be called John Norris, John Norris for the yeah. rest of the, or put Norris as his uh, middle name. Now, I hope a guy named Chuck sometimes wins Norris. Right. All right. Random Hawk stat. Okay. If you're a betting person tonight, mm-hmm. they listening. play Nashville. The Capitals are 0-6-1 in their last seven against the Nashville Predators. Will they break it tonight? So just keep that in mind. Mm. Nashville has Washington's number. I think if I was betting, though, I think I would go with Washington. I mean, the odds say that Washington's going to win one right. of these. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's see. Number two here, the NBC Sports people have the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think they made this before the other night. And actually, just losing the Stars in Dallas isn't going to shift you down a whole bunch. So they have the Tampa Bay Lightning at number two, talking about how they are dominating teams again. And that basically the last two years who've won the Cup, are teams who've broken through disappointment. The Capitals two years ago, and then the Blues last season, and they're wondering if maybe this year the Lightning can pull that off. I could see the Lightning pulling that off. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I have the Lightning actually as a tie for fifth. Okay. I'll hold back on the other team. Okay. Um, So for my number three, I have the Boston Bruins. Okay. One of the reasons the the Bruins are so hot, it's because of how they play at the Garden, so to speak. The Garden. They are seventeen and two and nine at TD North Garden, so uh, that's why they're playing so well. Um, you know, as far as racking up points at uh, home, I have them as my number three team. I just don't know depth scoring and defense if they have what it takes. I have Washington ahead of them because uh, I think the Caps are a better matchup, and of those two losses, one of them was the Caps in Boston. So. That's why I have Boston as number three. And number three, that's where NBC Sports have the St. Louis Blues. Talking about basically, and they it looks like they kind of uh, kind of use the winning it two years in a row is incredibly tough to do. Kind of using that against them, but they do talk about how they look just as good as the championship version of themselves a year ago without number ninety one. So. Yeah, yeah. Which is insane. So. <laughs> it's not even fair. Who do you have at number four? Uh, yeah, I have number four. I have the Pittsburgh Penguins, seven and three in their last ten. That's who NBC Sports has here okay. as well. So we talk about how great Sid the Kid is and everything about him and how he's an amazing captain and how the room is so strong in part because of the way uh, that Sidney Crosby's leadership affects the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And we talk about when players are traded to Pittsburgh, how they're nervous going into the room uh, based on that professionalism. Sidney Crosby, what a lot of people don't know, has a very Tom Brady-like contract. So hmm. he is signed through the 2024-25 season. He only makes $8.7 million a year. 
Interesting. So that means Jamie Benn makes more than Sidney Crosby. Tyler Sagan makes more than Sidney Crosby. Does he have uh, SC87 as like a little <laughs> a thing on the side? Good line, Chippy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But you know what? He wanted that long-term stability, and it's good through 2024, 25. I don't think Sidney Crosby will have any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was interesting because that contract allows you to make the moves that Jim Rutherford makes. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, the, that's exactly where NBC Sports has them as the number four team poised to win the Stanley Cup this year. I mentioned that I had Tampa as my fifth team, and I have them tied with the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they've got at the Avalanche at number six here. Two teams that the Stars have beaten. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I just look at their speed. I look at their depth line scoring, um, and they're both playing really well right now. So that's why I have them. Uh, tied for fifth. I was going to bump Tampa out, but I mean, they're just playing, they're playing so, so well. well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they've got uh, the Boston Bruins here at number five. Talking about, you know, two outstanding goalies and one of the best, if not the best line in the NHL. Uh, do you want to guess where they have the Dallas Stars? We play this game every week now. Boy, I'm going to say they have the Dallas Stars cup contender wise, mm-hmm. which is probably different in weekly power rankings. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say 12th. They have them at number 10. So okay, got, all right, they've good. Got it, they've got it kind of you know broken down here into di- different tiers. they got the top contenders, that's number one through six. Then teams making a big move right now, and they've got the Blue Jackets, the Panthers, and the Canucks there. The Panthers, who you called out you know, as being a team to watch this season. They got off to a slow start, but they've turned it around. Top three in the like Atlantic crazy. right now. And then so they've got them at number 10 in, in terms of the middle ground and playoff bubble and then they, the, the little you know paragraph or couple sentences they have here is Ben Bishop is playing his way toward another top three finish in the Vesna Trophy, tro, uh, trophy voting. He might even win it this season. He probably should. So hmm. NBC Sports saying, "Hey, Ben Bishop should win the Vesna." I, I like that. And and the the you know when we talked about it earlier, the goalies that you brought up, you know, other than Darcy Kemper, the other guys are are backups right now. Yeah, and I think that. The voters would take that into consideration, saying, "Hey, yeah, I mean, they've got a better save percentage and goals against average, but they're not playing. They're they're not playing starters. You know, they're not playing as many games as Ben Bishop's been playing." When you look at the value of the contract, when you look at the number of years left, and when you look at the consistency of play since he's been in a Dallas Star sweater, mm-hmm. I just don't think there's. I mean, tough to say it was better than the Sagan trade. I think it but, was, but. I think it I was. I don't disagree. It changed the makeup of this team. I think it was, and it did. It changed the makeup of this team, and it went from, I mean, they were just scoring a bunch of goals, but they weren't making, you know. You, you didn't believe in those teams with Kari Lettinen and Antti Niemi and Net. You didn't believe in those teams to make a long playoff run unless they could put up four goals a game. Right, yeah. You know, which... which at the time, I I believed in it. I thought they could because that offense. Wow, I mean, it was explosive. They were fast. You know, they were they were they were great at, at creating odd man rushes and and getting high quality scoring chances. But as Luds told me, he goes, "Yo, look, during the playoffs, the ice is going to shrink, and they're not going to be able to get away with that." Yeah. You know? And he was right. He was right. Yeah. He was right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, took that as a big lesson. <laughs> Unless they start calling penalties in the NHL playoffs at some point, which they haven't done it yet, so I don't know why they would start now. Well, when you talk about deep playoff runs, you need great goalies. Yeah, and if one falters, the other is sure to step up. So, 
from that standpoint, it's a pretty special goaltending tandem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, unless you got anything else that you want to talk about here. No, man, this is uh this is good. Bring on Toronto and then it's a I, I always feel as though the New York road trips are tough. Yeah. Um short commute in between cities. Uh you got the uh Islanders, the Rangers, and the Devils. Mm-hmm. So uh you know, playing at Madison Square Garden special. Yeah. Um uh, playing in Brooklyn, not so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but the Icelander uh, the Icelanders, the uh, Islanders, that's what they call them in New York is the Icelanders. Yeah. The Islanders are playing really good hockey. Uh so it's going to be tough and the Devils have come on too. Yeah. Uh, since trading Taylor Hall. So that's going to be a tough little uh trip for the Stars, but uh hopefully they can just, you know, continue this. So it's going to be a, a great run and we're just weeks away from the Trade deadline, so let's see who uh, calls and let's see how active the stars are. Did you see, before we get out of here, did you see the P.K. Subban and Brady Chuck fight? No, I did not. Oh, man, you got to, after we get done here, you need to go and YouTube that. If you haven't seen it at home, Brady Kachuk was fired up and got the best of P.K. Subban. Really? He got the best of him. So wow. it was uh it was it was something that just came across my Instagram feed. I think it was NHL Collective is what I follow. Uh that kind of brings you know brings everything to to my Instagram feed, which is my best way besides Twitter of finding things like that. So those Kachuk boys learning yeah. from their dad, Matthew they, and Brady. They are not Boy. afraid to drop them. Oh my gosh, are they agitators? Yeah. And you know what? I mean, they're all stars too. So, yeah. you know, I mean they're they're they, really, really good players. All right, well, that'll do it for the Sweaters Forever podcast here with myself, Shippy, and my co-host, Gavin Spittle, the Hockey Hawk. Follow him on Twitter, at GJ Spittle. Follow myself, at Shippy Fun Sports on Twitter. Thanks once again to Choctaw Casino and Resort for sponsoring the Sweaters Forever podcast. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. Don't forget that Carrie Underwood concert they got coming up in march so until next time here on the sweaters forever forever podcast for gavin spittle and for myself shippy we love you thank you for listening thank you for subscribing and downloading rating us five stars all that good stuff and thanks for helping us grow the great game of hockey we'll see you next week